You know what it is. That's right. It's time to talk money with your money nerd and financial coach. Now, tighten those purse strings and open those ears. It's the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Hello, hello. All right. It is Finance Friday Live. It's been a minute since we have done this, but I was like, it is time because so much has transpired in these past, I think, two to three weeks. I haven't done one. So we have a lot to cover. Let me see. Make sure I'm going live everywhere. Instagram is good. See, Twitter is good. So how have y'all been if you're, don't need that. If you all are joining me, definitely say, hey, check in. Let me know you're here. Love to hear from you. Hey, hey, hey. And I'll give people a chance to join. I know it's been a minute. All right. So if you're joining me and this is your first time, this is Finance Friday Live where I go over news in this week in finance. So there has been a lot that has been transpiring because I haven't been I haven't been on in two to three weeks now. So I apologize. It's been a lot of family stuff, personal stuff, and I just didn't have the bandwidth. But I'm back now. So that's what's important. And there's a lot to cover. So to give you a brief, today I'll be covering student loan forgiveness, both the PSLF and the widespread one. I'll be covering the jobs report that just released this morning. And I'll be covering something that I thought was interesting along the lines of car buying because I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were talking about it. And I was like, oh, this would be some good information for my audience. So I wanted to share that with you all as well. So if you don't know me, my name is Tiffany Grant. I run Money Talk with Tiff and I do this every Friday. I go live and just spill the tea and explain all these news reports going on. I try to tackle all the misinformation because there's a lot of it out there. And just do some general education about what's going on in the personal finance world. If you are listening to this on the podcast, you can find me live on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube every Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. All right. So with that being said, oh, and one more announcement. I also started Twitter Spaces. So every Monday at 9 p.m., I host a space along with Rakim Sabri. And there's about usually about nine or so other personal finance influencers in there. And we're just talking about whatever comes up, really. It's like a round table. If you're familiar with Clubhouse, it's similar to Clubhouse, but it's all black people. <laughs> And it's all about us. So it's called Fin Noir, a space for a black money talk. And you can find that on Twitter every Monday at 9 p.m. So I just wanted to make that announcement as well. So there's multiple opportunities to see me live and hear me live in addition to all the other stuff that I got going on. So let's get into it. Let's start with student loan forgiveness, okay? Because I a couple of weeks ago, last time I went live, I did a whole explainer. I'd solely dedicated Finance Friday Live to student loan forgiveness. And if you missed any of it, because it was like almost 30 minutes long of me going into the details, please go back and listen to that 
wherever you're listening to now, you'll find it. I keep all my replays up, but it's also on the podcast as well. I repurposed it for an episode, so you should be able to find that too. But I went into all the details about student loan forgiveness because it was a lot. But today I wanted to go into some updates that has transpired since then. So forgive me if you see me looking down. I'm just looking at my notes. And I just wanted to go over first the difference between the PSLF and the widespread forgiveness. So PSLF stands for Public Service Loan Forgiveness. Now, I've been seeing a lot of people talk about an October 31st deadline and people getting confused and nervous and like, oh, my gosh, is this the one with the 10 to 20,000? No, it is not. PSLF, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness, this has been going on for quite some time. The PSLF program has been in existence for a long time. It's just that they did a limited waiver for people that, would normally already qualify just to count payments that didn't qualify before now. So hopefully that makes sense. So really all it is is if you already qualified for the public service loan forgiveness, so that means you work in the public service industry, you work for the government, you work for a nonprofit, etc. this applies to you. If you do not then guess what? It don't apply to you. And don't be going trying to lie on these applications because they will check. (laughs) And if anybody's like, oh, I can get it for you, whatever, whatever. Just like with the, the COVID relief that was going around, you saw how the IRS is coming. Don't be one of those, okay? This is for people that work in public service. So this deadline is October 31st. So if this applies to you, Make sure that you get your application in by October 31st. Now, all it is is allowing you to count payments that normally wouldn't have counted before. And once the waiver expires, you won't be able to count those payments anymore. And so let's say, for instance, you qualify for PSLF and you fill out your waiver All of the, and they say, okay, we approve X amount of payments for you to go towards your PSLF. Perfect. Once this, once this ends, you'll still keep those payments, even if it doesn't equal the 120 payments that you need in order to get the loans forgiven. All of that to say, if you qualify for PSLF, I suggest going ahead and just trying anyway. So just go ahead and put an application, see if there's any differences, let them make the determination. Don't just sit there and be like, oh, well, I don't think I qualify or I don't think, you know, I don't think you, you don't know. So just go ahead and apply. If you work in public service and you have student loans, that would be my suggestion. And please be aware of, and this is with the PSLF and the widespread, please be aware of scams because they are going heavy on the scams, trying to get people's information, trying to charge to do this. It is not that much work, y'all. It's really not hard at all. It's just a quick form. And if you do need help, just reach out to your loan servicer and they can walk you through. You shouldn't have to pay anybody to do this. And I'm just being real with you. So anyway, I just wanted to Make sure I hit on that for you all. So that's the public service loan forgiveness. Now, let's switch over to the widespread forgiveness, okay? So the widespread forgiveness, which is the new one that President Biden had announced maybe about a month or so ago, which, you know, will 
forgive 10 to 20,000 in student loans, depending on your status. And like I said, if you didn't get all the details, it's in a previous episode, it's in a previous Finance Friday Live. So go back and listen to it because I went into all the details. I'm not here for that today. I just want to go over the updates. I'm talking about that one now. So know the difference. I just switched. Okay. Now with that one, the application is not even available yet. (laughs) So you haven't missed anything. I'm still waiting. They said it was going to be the beginning of October. Of course, they have hit a few snags (laughs) in getting this out. Matter of fact, I just saw an article where Republicans are crying that it's racist for him to do this student loan plan, which I thought was interesting, which I'm not going to get into this today. But I thought it was interesting because as if the whole system wasn't racist in of itself to begin with. But that's neither here nor there. They're saying that this loss, this student loan plan is racist because it would help more black people than anybody else. But also that highlights another problem, because if it's going to help more black people, then what does that tell you? Okay, but anyway, that's not what we're here for. I wanted to share because. About a week ago, there was an announcement that over 700,000 borrowers will no longer qualify for student loan relief because they changed the eligibility requirements. And part of that was if you have federal student loans that are owned by private entities, those are not eligible for debt relief. Now, personally, I thought that that was the case anyway. But apparently it wasn't. So I wasn't really shocked about this. But all that's saying is if you have an FFEL loan or something similar and you didn't consolidate your loans before 929, then you are no longer eligible. So that means do not try to go and consolidate now. That boat has passed. Now, this does not... This does not bother anybody that never consolidated or refinanced under a private company. So just keep that in mind as well. So if you have federal loans and they state federal, then you still qualify for the loan forgiveness, the debt relief. Another thing I wanted to go over, and this is for FFEL and Perkins loans. So those are the only ones that it really qualifies for this news article. So don't get scared because you know how media does. They try to tell people, oh, the sky is falling. Don't get scared if it doesn't apply to you. The forgiveness is still coming. Like I said, he's going through, well, the administration, not he because it's a whole bunch of people, but the administration is going through all of these lawsuits (laughs) that were bound to happen because, of course, when something happens, people think it's not fair because life is not fair, but it is what it is. People that hold privately held federal student loans and you consolidated your loans before September 29, then you still qualify. If not, then you don't, okay? So I hope that makes sense and I hope I didn't confuse you at all. But if this doesn't apply, just skip over this part. And also, when in doubt, guess what, y'all? Just go ahead and apply and just see what happens. The worst they can say is no. So that's always going to be my guidance is to just apply anyway. So that way you can see. All right, let's get to the next article. If you are a parent and you have a parent plus loan, 
those can also be forgiven too, depending. Okay, so I wanted to go over that. Parent Plus loans, just so that everybody is clear, are federally funded student loans that parents can take out to help pay for their kids' higher education. Okay, so if you have a Parent Plus loan, you can apply for the student loan forgiveness too, but it has to be a direct plus loan and it has to be held with the government and you have to earn less currently earn less than 125,000 for single or 250,000 for a household in either 2020 or 2021 and you'll qualify for the 10,000 okay so i just want to make sure that we're clear if it's a parent plus you will not get the 20,000 period unless it's for your own loan so let me give you a scenario So that way we can be all the way clear, okay? If somebody is, oh, hey, Finance Rebel. As far as I know, they didn't put it out there yet. They said it was going to be out in the beginning of October. I'm still looking. I've been scouring. But as of me doing this research like an hour ago, the application wasn't there yet. But yeah, I'm waiting too. But let's say you're a parent, okay? You went to college yourself. You got student loans yourself and you qualify for a Pell Grant, okay? Now let's fast forward. Your child is now going or did go and you had to get a Parent PLUS loan for them. If that's the case, you will qualify for the $20,000 for your own loans and then, and let me just make sure it's stackable, if it's stackable, you should also get the 10000 for the PLUS loan. And I have to double check my information on that. But if that's the case, that's how it would work. So you will never get the 20000 for your loan. I mean, for your child's loan as a parent PLUS. But you will get the 20000 for your own loan and you had a Pell Grant. Okay. Now... Like I said, I went over all of this the last live with all the details. So I'm not going to go over it today. I just wanted to give you all of the updates. So like I said before, if you are confused with any of the requirements and the dates due and all this stuff for the loan forgiveness, make sure you go back and listen to that episode or watch that live because it's still up. Okay. And I do want to reiterate the dates just so people are clear. The PSLF, which I went over prior to this segment, that date is October 31st. So make sure you get the application in before October 31st. For the widespread student loan forgiveness, they have not released the application yet. Again, the application has not released yet, but it should be releasing the beginning of this month sometime. They haven't given us a date. Once it's released, you'll have until December 31st 2023 to put in that application but like I said in the previous live just do it (laughs) as soon as it come out matter of fact you can go to the studentaid.gov website and sign up for their email alerts and know exactly when it comes out and that's what I would suggest also if you're serious about this that's what I did because I need my 20,000 is I signed up for the email alert so that way I also they will close let me see 
There was another date in there in November. Anyway, go back. <laughs> go back to that previous live because I go over all the dates. I just wanted to highlight the ones that are coming up, which is October 31st for PSLF waiver. And then beginning this sometime at the beginning of to the middle of this month, they'll open up the widespread one. And you'll have until December of next year to fill that out. All right. We are done with student loans for this week. Woo, it's always a lot with that one. There's a few other things I wanted to go over. And if you're just joining, please make sure you watch the replay because I did go over some important stuff in the beginning of the live. That's important. So make sure you go back and watch that. So I want to go over the jobs report because that's important information for the economy. And before I do that, let me just check these. Okay. Make sure I don't have any comments that need to be answered. If you have questions, let me know as we go. I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but <laughs> I will definitely take any questions as we go. Ooh, y'all. All right. So I don't see any questions so far. We're going to keep going. Hey, Erica, how are you? Thanks for joining this live. All right, so let's talk about this job reports because a lot of people wait on this information to show if we're still in a recession, we're heading towards recovery, whatever. A lot of stuff is based on the job market, the labor market, okay? So the, so today, they released that job growth continued to slow in September, which is another sign that the labor market is cooling from its red-hot peak earlier this year. So what does this mean? This means that even though inflation is high, we're still having people getting jobs, which is super important to our economy, and people wanting to work. They had they thought that it was going to be about 250,000 jobs added. It ended up being 263,000. The largest job gains were in leisure and hospitality. So that makes sense because, mind you, during COVID, everything shut down. So that shows that leisure and hospitality is now picking back up, even though it is not where it was prior to COVID because it's still 1.1 million jobs below where it was February 2020. So they still have a lot of catching up to do, but it's good to see that they are getting the most growth now so that way they can get to those pre-COVID numbers. Healthcare rose by 60,000 jobs, which makes sense because as more people get sick, we're gonna need more nurses, more doctors. It was mostly hospitals and ambulatory health services. Professional and business services added 46,000 jobs. Temporary help services, so temp agencies, added 27,000 jobs. And generally, losses in, temp in the temp industry are typically signals that there is an economic downturn. So being that they have been adding jobs is still a good sign for the economy. Manufacturing, construction, and wholesale trade continue to see strong, gro strong growth. Transportation, warehousing, retail, government, and mining showed little change. Those are pretty steady. And financial services employment actually declined a little bit. So that was some good information, I thought, as far as the job market report was released today. So I wanted to share that with you all. And I also wanted to bring up another point, okay? Because 
And this is just me going on a little tangent. I get tired of hearing people like, oh, well, that's their problem. I'm talking about specific groups of people or different demographics than them or whatever. But what you have to realize is if we have an economy where people are underemployed or unemployed, then it's bad for the entire economy. That means it's bad for all of us. <laughs> and it can also make matters worse. So like the inflation issue, recessions, things like that is all based on employment at the end of the day. So if we have people in different demographics that are underemployed, it's not a them problem. It's a us problem. And when I say underemployed, I mean that they're in positions where they could easily, they have the knowledge, they have everything they need to work at a different level. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, they're working at a level that's below where they could potentially be. That's called underemployment. And that is also an issue as well. So I just wanted to put that awareness out there <laughs> that underemployment is a thing. It just doesn't necessarily have to be unemployment okay but as a society as a country as an economy we should want full employment meaning that people are not underemployed or unemployed so just keep that in mind as well if you're thinking there's other demographics that are not like you and you're like oh, well, that's their problem, you know, that they're not in higher positions or whatever the case may be. No, it's a us problem. And we need to figure that out so that way we can reach full employment as an economy. So that was just my little aside. Let me go back to the news. Average hourly earnings continue to increase, but at a slower rate of 0.3% this month. So wages are still rising, but now they're rising at a slower pace. So... The average hourly wage right now is $32.46 an hour. Slower wage growth su suggests that low-wage workers in particular are feeling the pinch of inflation even harder because employers have been able to attract workers without further increasing pay. In this article I was reading, they were saying that there was this one girl working as a cashier at McDonald's, and she was there for, what did it say, seven years? Making $10 an hour, she just received a 25 cent increase in January. And of course, that raise hasn't gone far because inflation is far outpacing her wage growth. So it's very interesting how some of these companies are navigating these times. And I would suggest as a former HR professional, and I mean, I serve on boards where I make these decisions on the back end. Increase these wages, y'all. <laughs> you have to. I know it's hard as a company. You're going to have to pinch, but it's important to keep your people. And in this climate that we're in with a tightening labor market, it's going to be hard to keep your people if you're keeping your wages and stuff low and your benefits and all that stuff. So with that being said, so from a company perspective, go ahead and increase if you can. Of course, don't get yourself out of business, but increase if you can. But as an employee standpoint, you have more bargaining power right now. If I'm talking to that lady that's in the article making $10 an hour as a cashier at McDonald's, if you want to do something different, you probably can do something different right now. I was telling people all throughout COVID, like this is the perfect time <laughs> to start making changes, career changes or whatever it is, job changes, asking for raises. It's a good time for that because 
these companies want to keep you. And now the power is in your hands. So definitely use it to your advantage because once things change back, your bargaining power is going to be, it's going to be a more level playing field. But right now it's the employees (laughs) that can create their own, their own wages and stuff right now, for the most part. Now, also there's a lot of people hopping around jobs, which is good too. Just keep that in mind. Also, oh, and this goes to the point that I just said, says the continued tightness of the labor market has allowed workers to flex their muscles to demand better pay and working conditions. Didn't I just say that? Last week, there was a three-day strike at San Francisco International Airport, and that resulted in $5 an hour raises for some 1,000 food service workers that work there. Like I just said, if you've ever thought about moving companies, asking for a raise, all of that stuff, this is the perfect time for that. Also, Amazon is facing a union election next week at a warehouse in Albany near Albany, which could result in the second unionized shop in Amazon's sphere. So just keep that in mind. And if you can't do it yourself as a former HR professional, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but there's powers in number. Okay. That's why these strikes and these unions and stuff are starting to happen now because There's power in numbers. If you shut down the company, they're not making anything when they could just give you what extra $5 an hour, $2, whatever it is that you're asking for. So I don't know. I just say this is the time to make sure that you're getting what you want out of your career, whether that's moving to a different job, whether that's better wages, whatever the case may be. Now's the time (laughs) y'all now is the time. I cannot stress that enough. All right. So anyway, just wanted to hit on that real quick because that is brand new information that came out this morning. And so this is the 21, the 21st consecutive month of job growth. So our economy is still strong. It's still strong out here. And that's why this is not like 2008, 2009 for people that are nervous about that. Our job market is still strong. So that's a good indication that we're still doing good as an economy, okay? Now, really quick, I know I'm hitting 30 minutes. Woo, usually I try to keep these 15, 20, but it's been a while and there's a lot. One more thing. (laughs) I was listening to NPR this morning and they were talking about how, you know, how the car industry had a ton of inflation, how that happened, blah, 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 blah. And one thing that they were saying is now... Supply chain issues are starting to calm down. It's cheaper for the dealers to get the cars, but the dealers are so used to padding their pockets that they're keeping the prices the same. So they're not passing that savings on to the end user, which is usually what happens. So when I was listening to that and then reading this article where it was saying, More car buyers are paying at least $1,000 a month for their loans right now as high prices and right hikes throw a one-two punch. It should be coming back down now that the supply chain issues that happened during COVID are now starting to calm down. But they said that studies showed that the dealerships are still doing these higher rates and they don't have to. So what that tells me is... If you are in the market for a car, 
make sure you negotiate. <laughs> when they were talking about that, I said, oh, so this means in my mind, this is an opportunity, right? Because if you know that they're getting these cars for cheaper prices than they were, and this is like background information for you, then you know that they have more wiggle room with these prices, okay? So I always tell people to negotiate, regardless, we were going through this or not. But now is your time to negotiate even more if you are in the market for a car, because that was my ding, ding, ding. When they said that, I said, oh, that means there's a lot of negotiation room now, more than it used to be, because they're getting these cars cheaper but the prices are staying the same and it has nothing to do with the supply chain and everything to do with just the pricing at the dealership. Highly recommend if you are, please negotiate. <laughs> Make sure that you're getting the best deal for you and don't be afraid to walk away. That's one thing. Don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> and I think I have an article about car buying or whatever on my website, moneytalkwitht.com, but Make sure that you go in informed. Being informed also means that you're getting this information that I'm giving you right now. Insider information is cheaper for them. Don't let them get over on you. But also going in with not being desperate. They can sense desperation from a mile away. Even if you really, really need a car, don't let them see you sweat. I also have a negotiation article too that you might want to check out before you go. So just keep that stuff in mind, y'all. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap up because there's a lot more I can get into with these cars and stuff, but I think I've given you enough for the day. <laughs> and if you are just joining, don't worry. I do keep the replays up. I am live on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. So you can find it all there. And I'll probably put this on the podcast as well. So you'll find an episode there as well. Y'all, that was a lot. <laughs> But I'm glad that I was able to join you today. I'm glad that you were able to join me and share this time with me, share your energy with me. I truly appreciate it. And thank you so much. There's a lot of bots and stuff in the chat. Ignore them. That's not me. Just FYI. But yes, please definitely, definitely, definitely check out the podcast, Money Talk with Tiff, wherever you listen to podcasts. We have the Twitter space Monday at 9 p.m. Every Monday, Fin Noir. That is for, a, it was, it's a black money talk space. So that way we can talk about not only these things, but other things in our community as it relates to money. And then last but not least, you can find me next Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time for Finance Friday Live. So thank you all so much for joining me. And I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening, joining, and being a part of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast this week. You can check Tiff out every Thursday for a new Money Talk podcast. But if you just can't wait until next week, you can listen to previous podcast episodes at moneytalkwitht.com or follow Tiff on all social media platforms at Money Talk with T. Until next time, spend wise by spending less than you make. A word to the money wise is always sufficient.